Hey you guys, apologies for the lack of podcasts, um, no real excuse I guess, travel back to America, um, those first few days at altitude, even though I pretty much live here best best of the time, um, it's just tough, there's tiredness, the, the training's tough, just living's tough, you know, you, the, the tiredness creeps up on you. Um, so yeah, I mean, I actually, you know, I was only back a few days and I was considering leaving, um, just the snow and um, how tired I was feeling. It, it, you know, it's just the easy option, I guess you could say, to jump back to sea level. But um, plans are put in place for a reason and um, altitude really helps me and I can only do, you know, if anyone follows my training and seen the likes of stuff I was doing when I was back at sea level, um you know, the only reason I can do that is because of the amount of time I spend at altitude and the hard work that I put in up here. So, um, yeah, it's it's worth it's worth being here and worth putting in a decent bit of time over the next um, two and a half weeks, I guess, now that I have until Houston. Um, so obviously home went well for anyone that doesn't follow my training. There was a combination of um, some quicker stuff on the, the um, track and treadmill. Um, and then there was, you know, some really good quality long runs. Um, the Sunday just before I left, I did a 24-mile run. <clears throat> and I I think I averaged 5.30 maybe. Um, but it was really solid and the heart rate was in a really good place. And um, I, I really didn't have to push too much to sort of hit that kind of an average, which is a good sign. Um, plus fuel side of things and, and body physically, like hamstrings and quads. And there wasn't really any concerns after that kind of a run. Um, then, you know, I came back to altitude and um, I, I did, I you know, I actually ended up believe it or not, the travel back, the, you know, I fly to London and then London, you fly to Dallas and then from Dallas, you fly to Flagstaff and there was a lot of snow in Flag and the, the, the plane took off and it was on its way to Flag and then with like 10 minutes to land and it decided that it didn't want to land in Flagstaff and they flew us to Phoenix and <clears throat> I, I don't mind my travel being disrupted. Like, you know, I, I, I'm pretty chilled about these things and, um, you know, it was disrupted. And what, what I don't like, though, is when they take their time to make a decision. Um, so luckily, the airline just canceled the flight. You know, they didn't want to wait and see if we could go a bit later on. Or um, You end up just sitting in an airport for a couple of hours and then maybe a couple of hours later, they make the decision, you know, not to bother maybe with the flight at all, which can be really frustrating um, when you end up sitting around and um, yeah, that can be a bit of a pain in the ass. So, you know, it actually worked out um, pretty good. Like I say, they, you know, they made a decision early and, and we just got the crack on. Um, so that was, that was fun. Um, I, I, I kind of tried to make the most of um, my time in Phoenix. Um, I, I had missed a session because of travel because it started so early in the morning um, I, I think I my first flight was 7 o'clock a.m. from Belfast, so I didn't run. So Tuesday ended up being a full rest day. But then when I, if I had a flu straight to flag, which was like the plan, um, I wouldn't have done a session at all. Um, it's day one at altitude. Um, it would be pretty sort of silly. Um, you know, you've just done a long haul flight and 
like it not only would it be really tough it would be really stupid because you, you have to take it easy for a few days at altitude so um I kind of worked it to my favor because we went to Phoenix and I stayed in a hotel I jumped on the treadmill in Phoenix and I did like it it, it was nothing crazy and and it like because of where the fitness is at it it felt pretty good and um I, I basically did seven times 2k um it ended up being seven times six minutes with three minutes um kind of a float recovery but not not as quick a float as maybe I did when I was in Victoria Park. So my session in Victoria Park was um, 800 on, 800 off, and I was pretty much going 455 pace and then 520 pace. Sorry, I burped. So that's only a 25 second differential. Um, what I did in Phoenix Airport was 2K on, 1K off. So a little bit more on, a little bit less off. Um, but I made the float like slightly slower. So I was kind of running similar, similar like five minute mile pace, bit slower than what I was on the Friday. Um, and then the float was actually six minute pace instead of 5.20. And there, there was a few reasons for that. I don't like doing back to back aggressive sessions. If you think about it, Friday was pretty solid, 12 miles going 800 at 4.55, 800 at 5.20. Um, and then Sunday being the 24 at 5.30 and then you know I've traveled and um, so I, I, I was happy really really fucking happy actually to get a another you know six seven out of ten session done and like a session that you'll look back upon and be like nice that's going to help the marathon um, but also I didn't want to be super aggressive with it just because of travel and I, I flew business class by the way so um, don't feel sorry for me too much. Um, and, and that's an investment, you know, it's an investment I make in myself and it's, it's just easier and it's nicer. And, um, fortunately when I did well at Dublin, you know, I, I, I earned a, quite a bit of a prize purse and, and I reinvest that, um, back into my running and, and I've always done that. Like I don't, um, I, I don't spend much money on other things except for my own career and, um, you know, different gadgets or Normatex or, um, you know, the hydration machine, different things that I feel could, um, improve things. So yeah, I did that session in Phoenix, the seven times 2k. Um, and then I, I got a shuttle from flat or from Phoenix to Flagstaff and I, I got the flag Christmas day about lunchtime. Um, and so that was all good. I didn't mind that it was Christmas Day. I had already enjoyed my Christmas with my family a few days before. So no, everything everything went smooth. The travel went smooth. I think I'm out of the you know the worry period where you might pick up a little bit of an illness or um and and I I dosed with um vitamin C and zinc the couple of days before and the couple of days after. <clears throat> I think that helps. Um, so yeah, no, everything's in a good place. I did a bit of a session Friday. Um, nothing crazy. It was a four mile tempo. Um, it, Friday was a bit of an awkward one. You know, there was so much snow. We ended up going on the indoor track. I arrived at the track with no clue or care whatsoever about what session I did, you know, and, and not because I don't care about training, just because I, I knew that Wednesday had been good. And um, I knew it was only day two at altitude, like 48 hours at altitude. So I, I didn't mind what we kind of did. I didn't get too worked up about it. Um, and so we did a four mile tempo. There was a group of guys doing that. And we went, I think, like 512, 508, 503, 
450 maybe um and, and you know the tempo felt really good um considering it was day two at altitude now my heart rate did go pretty high but i was actually pumped about that because you know i i i know i'm fit when i can get my heart rate pretty high and there's it was a combination of only being back at seven thousand feet 48 hours and um just not having not really pushed 450 at altitude might be um you know shit it's probably like 440 or 435 or something at sea level so um that's nice to be dropping that at the end of a and and the reason I'm going to tell you that it's that it's that big a difference is because you know just before I flew home I did a 12 mile tempo at 7000 feet and averaged like 518 and then when I did my long run at sea level I did 12 miles at 530 and then 10 miles at 455 and that 10 miles was easier at 455 pace than the 518 at altitude um there, there's there's quite a big and maybe everybody's different but i know for sure i'm around 20 seconds a mile um so the, after the uh, sorry after the four mile tempo we did um well i did by myself um four times 800 four times 400 um and, and i'm not trying to bore you with training it's just that when i did the four times 800 i was a little bit like uh they weren't great. They were kind of like 220, 218, 220. And, you know, it is only day two at altitude. And, um, you know, I've just traveled and jet lag and stupid things like this. But um, I'd have preferred them to be in like 216. Um, and so I was a bit frustrated. The 400s, I was able to run like 65, 66. Um, in an ideal world, they'd be like 64. Um, so there was there was a bit of a discussion between me and Haas after and um actually the Sunday so Sunday just gone was supposed to be another 24 mile run but for various reasons we decided to just cut it right back and like 17 18 miles with the with the group um became the option um and and basically that this is the reason for the podcast because i kind of wanted to explain how i got to there um i'd done a lot of quality runs at home that weren't necessarily planned um you know various reasons sea level was a lot easier than i expected it to be um i was running by myself and often when i run by myself i run a bit faster and um I ran at the same heart rates that I would run at altitude, you know, like 150 to 160. And it just so happened that that ended up being really fast. Um, So what we decided to do was like, all right, I think we've already banked three weeks in a row. You know, my long run was 22 to 24 miles and the slowest average was like 535 maybe. So me and Haas were both like, I think that side of things is in a good place, but maybe that like 10K stroke half marathon type stuff maybe isn't which is why you can run 450 pace at the end of a tempo but then when you do an 800 meter rep you're only running like 220 <laughs> you know there's no differential really you know I'm, I'm struggling to that 450 feels great but then when you go down to like 440 pace you know all of a sudden um you're you're huffing and puffing and um so logically it was like all right well do we do we make sunday a bit easier now, it was still pretty fast. I think we averaged like 6.04 and like first Sunday at altitude is always tough and Ches does not mess around. So um, the first mile was like 7.40 and then it was like 6.01, 5.55 and, you know, we worked it down to like 5.45. So it was a, it was a solid run, but 17 miles is a lot less than 24. Um, 
So the point being, we wanted to get to Tuesday, which is today, in a better place. Instead of being tired going into the Tuesday session, track, you know, you're feeling like a 10K guy going into the Tuesday session. And, and when you're training for 10K, you maybe only do 16 miles on a Sunday or 18 miles on a Sunday maximum. And then you're showing up on a Tuesday for the track stuff and you're feeling good. On a Monday night when you're supposed to do your hills, you know, you're not trashed from the day before. So you do your little hill sprints. Um, and, and that was the goal. Um, went to the track today um, didn't really know how it was going to go. Didn't feel great warming up. And then I feel like I absolutely nailed the session, um, you know, sitting at sort of 32, 33 for 200s off a 200 jog. That that set was always going to be really easy. Um, the altitude today was about 4,500. It was a little bit lower. Um, but then we did two sets where we fluctuated paces and the goal was 32.42, which is roughly 4.55 pace. Um, I I'm pretty sure I ended up averaging 31 stroke 32 for the faster 200 and more like 38, 39 for the float. So it ends up around 71 per lap, which is 444. Um, so you're running a 2K in like 553, 554, um, but fluctuating paces. And it's not, it doesn't sound superb but you should actually try it it's a it's a it's an interesting way to run laps um you know running pretty damn fast like 31 32 and then slowing it back but but not slowing it back enough that you fully recover and it's it's just interesting um but i but i nailed it it, it was a, it was a sweet session and um like the last set of 200s i slowed it back to like 32 33 and to be honest i could have probably ran like 30 31 i just didn't need to you know i was just confident with where things were at and where the body's at and <coughs> yeah i like it was a smart decision to go a bit less on sunday um and i think what people get trapped into is doing the training that like like appears good on paper rather than doing the training that would specifically help your next race so you know if i have all these really solid long runs and i have all these really solid sessions like the 12 miles of 800 800 and and the seven times 2k and you know you're looking for like a chink in your armor like where where's the weaknesses and um and so that's what today was about um and, and, you know, I decided to drop the mileage a little bit. Like I, I kind of, I think for like six weeks, I've averaged maybe like 92, 93. Um, and then I've decided that the next, like this week coming up, I want it to be 85. And then next week I want it to be 80. And then race week will be about 70. Um, and that's a bit less than I've done before leading into marathons. Um, but not less than what I did leading into Dublin. So that's where I learned from. I kind of learned from the Doha to Dublin experience and, and how well that sort of ended up. And I thought, you know, maybe there's something to that. Like maybe there was something to tapering a bit more and being a bit more relaxed about diet. And, um, and, and I'm trying my best to sort of stick to that and not move into like salad season and trying to cut a load of weight. And let me tell you, it's really difficult because it was such like an addiction in the past to try to like cut a load of weight and think that that's going to make the big difference. But maybe it hindered me sometimes and um doesn't mean I'm trying to get fat but um I'm just allowing the training and the lifestyle to to be the thing that keeps me pretty trim and keeps me in a good place and keeps me fit and healthy um so no look I'm 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 in a really good spot like 
I almost text Haas tonight and, you know, the, the guys went for dinner to a place called Oakmont and I just knew if I went, I'd have beers and whiskey and, and I decided just to stay in and order some hibachi, which is really nice, like fried rice and, and lobster and steak. And, and I treated myself like it's, it's pretty nice. Um, but I just, I just, like, I wanted to text them and be like, Hey, like, you know, like today, Today was supposed to be my weakness. You know, I was supposed to be going to the track today and, and working on a weakness, which would be like the turnover and the speed. And um, like although 200s aren't difficult when you're doing them in the second set of like 32, 42, you know, I was going 31, 37, 31, 38, 31, 37. You're running like, you know, 68, 69 seconds per lap for nearly 2K. So that's the kind of thing that that's not so that's not as easy that's more like speed i don't know it's not necessarily speed endurance but um it's very like 10k specific type stuff and that's in a really good place you know you go to the track at sea level and it's not easy to sort of do that like 31 37 31 38 um you do that at four and a half thousand feet and it's impressive um so you know i, I was almost gonna text him tonight there and be like hey like you know given that was only my second track session that's the that's the kind of you know session you might sort of start to think an olympian would look like um and that's really fun even that my headspace is in that kind of a place and um it's it's just nice to reflect and look back at the whole year and and see like how much things have improved and 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 how far i've come and I don't know if anybody listens back to any of the early podcasts, you know, I, I don't listen back myself, but I'd be, I'd be quite curious of, you know, how my, maybe like my language has changed and, um, whether it's more positive or, um, I, I don't really know more intelligent. Um, I, I'm not sure. Um, but it's been a really fun year. It's been a, it's been a challenge. Like, you know, it's definitely not been all sunshine and rainbows and there were, there was times where I was really struggling and, um, but I just believed in like putting in the work. Um, I I naturally got complacent at certain points in time, and and that's only natural. And um, and then you know, then there was other times where I was a lot more focused. And I think if anything, it's it's really just shown me that the consistency side of things has has got me to here. And um, if I do have a couple of good weeks, then because you're building on such a big base of consistency, then it, it tends to show and, and good results tend to come. So, um, I'm, I'm really confident, like not, not cocky confident, but just confident in the hard work that I'm putting in. Um, I'm, I'm very confident about the Olympics, which is cool. Um, maybe in Houston, you know, there's still certain things that aren't, aren't are out of my control, like weather and uh, maybe pace groups and stuff like that. But um, there's a lot of fucking time after Houston, you know, there's marathons in February, there's marathons in March, there's marathons in April, there's marathons in May, you know, I'll get it done. Um, I'm confident in just the whole lifestyle that I'm living. And, and you know, I'm just about to put the Normatex on after this um, podcast. And um, and then I bought this like compact stim machine that like helps recovery and I'm just fucking on it. You know, I, I joked on Instagram today that my new year's resolution is just keep being a fucking animal. And it's nuts. Like, you know, I, it's true. Like I, I've really impressed myself just 
even when I have mental doubts and, you know, sometimes the training might feel like hard work or, you know, a 14 mile run on a Wednesday morning when you've done a track session the day before and a long run two days before that, like it, it can be tough up here at 7,000 feet. There's, there's no easy days. And, um, naturally my head might be negative and it might be like, Oh my God, like I'm only four miles in and I'm tired. And, but the work just fucking gets done. You know, there's, there's no two ways about it. Like it's almost autopilot. It's a Wednesday. Why wouldn't I do 14 miles, you know? Um, and that's a huge plus. Um, I, I tell my sports psychologist, Gary, quite a lot that my body's just gotten a groove. It's just, it's autopilot. I can't stop it. It's a Wednesday. Of course, I'm going to run 14 miles, whether I like it or not. Um, and, and that's fun. That's a good place to be. Um, and then I'm trying to enjoy it because like this, like the the Olympics and 211.30, you know, it, it it's happening right now. This whole build up, this whole time, going home and seeing family and friends and, and really enjoying myself there. And this is it. So if you don't enjoy this whole part, don't expect to enjoy race day and, and don't expect to enjoy the Olympics when you get there because this is this is when it's happening. It's happening now. Um, and so that's fun. Um, altitude for me has, has been a really, a really cool place to come um, and, get, and it's improved me a lot. Um, and, and so to finish off today's podcast, you know, it, it is the end of a year and it is the end of a decade and um and so a thank you from me for everybody over this whole year that maybe followed or if you're a first time listener you know it, it's thank you for listening and, and you've got this far so that's fun you know you've got the 20 odd minutes um you know i i don't i don't often thank my sponsors and stuff so like you know i'm i'm really appreciative of what under armor has brought to the table and um i'm I'm really appreciative appreciative sorry of this setup at home it's exciting that i can just you know it's not two years ago i sat down with jackie newton from athletics ni and barked all these demands like i want physio i want massage i want lab testing and and you know she's looking at me from the other side of the table probably thinking like fuck like well you're gonna have to get better <laughs> um and they all these things got worked out you know i i can i can text a physio three days before i travel home and and i get an appointment the first day or the next day that i'm home and um i i can text the doctor and the physiologist and you know ask for a blood test to check and see where things are at and and you know that gets sorted um it's fun like i'm telling you like you know my life seems quite spoiled now and you know, flying business class and, you know, there's really nice luxuries. And, you know, I just went and bought myself a coffee maker today that cost probably about 500 pounds. And I don't know, it, I, I don't take it for granted. I can tell you that, but it's also fun that it was, it, it was hard work to get here. Um, it was a lot of consistency, a lot of persistence. Um, I spoke to Gary the other day, my psychologist and, um, someone asked me, what do I want? You know? Um, and it actually wasn't in the context of running. It was just like life and relationships and things like this. And, um, my answer was, I, I don't actually know 
um, what I want. The, the relationships don't come to my brain when I think, what do I want? And my response was, you know, I, I want to be a legend. And, um, and I really mean that. And I, I said that I wanted to take this kid that was all fucked up and had all these like mental demons and negativity and used to give up all the time and used to get distracted and give in to peer pressure and fought all the time and always had these deep depressions. And, um, you know, I wanted to take this kid that was really troubled and um, I don't need to go on about the depth of any of that, but and, and just achieve something really special that like that people that people won't see as like that's unachievable. You know, they'll be like, well, like I, I obviously have bits and pieces of talent, but I'm also really fucked up sometimes and my head is an absolute disaster and, and I've put in a lot of work. To, to help that and to, to cope with that and um and I and I'm really proud of that but I am nowhere near where I want to be um and and I don't know how far it goes I don't know if the best has already came but um I'm I'm really hungry for for more and and I'm really optimistic and excited that I think more is going to come and um I think I've done things right you know, when I demanded all the physio and the lab work and, you know, I, I joke with Haas and Haas always takes the piss that I'm the one getting the most massage and physio. And, um, but I'm also the one that's been healthy for the last three years and, and always shows up on the start line nine times out of 10. So I feel like I've done things right. And there was purpose behind that. And the reason I wanted to do things right was so that the progression can just keep going. Um, I, I never wanted to stop. Um, you know, I, I want to go to Houston and, and if the qualifying time was 2.10 at Houston, I, I'd already be confident that that's what I could do. Um, but, I, but I think Boston, for example, is going to be better than Houston. Um, and it's not, it, it can appear cocky and it can, it can appear, appear ambitious, but I, I just feel it. You know, I, I feel that there's something special and, um, you know, as I, as I grow and as I learn more about myself and as I adapt and... Um, like I say, get over some of the demons and, and work through them and learn better coping mechanisms. Like there's just more and more to come. Um, and, and some of the demons are fear and fear is a big one, like fear of fear of struggling, fear of injury, fear of failure. Um, and, and, you know, letting things like that go and, and, and letting the idea that maybe other people, maybe I'm already a 208 guy and I just don't believe it yet. You know, I look at actually some of the lab stuff that I do and I'm like, it's frightening. Um, so maybe a confidence needs to come in there and, um, a belief. And then like, you know, just because the lab stuff shows it, you still need to do the training to back it up. So, you know, maybe that's when you get up to 110, 120 miles and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the future, but mark my words, you know, that's what I said. I said, I want to, I want to be a legend and you know, it's, it's a word that might be overstated, but you know, you can be a legend for all different kind of reasons. And, um, you know, I don't think you have to win fucking triple Olympics to be a legend. Like maybe you just need to work with what you've got and achieve, you know, maybe if I could, come top three or top five at a world marathon major or you know medal at the commonwealth games or medal at the european champs like i'd be my own fucking legend you know other people might not see it but i'd be my own hero and i'd be my own legend that's for sure um and i'd achieve, i'd have achieved things that maybe once upon a time i didn't think was achievable um all right guys so happy new year um Honestly, thanks for for listening this whole past year. That's a that's a long time. Um, 
and yeah it's exciting so thanks very much and um onward as they say keep the journey going and let's kick some ass in 2020